Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another um, installment of uh, the Shield Bash podcast. Today is going to be a special episode. Uh, we are going to be having a conversation with Mark Greenberg. Uh, he is going to be telling us about the Necropolis Kickstarter from Necromancer Games, a part of Frog God Games. Uh, it is currently july 25th when we're recording this this uh kickstarter runs until august 21st i'll put a link in the description and it is approximately 400 percent funded at this point so definitely not something you need to worry about not like are you pledging to it and be like oh am i gonna get it Uh, no you're you're gonna get this one and quite frankly every time i see frog god do something um, it always seems to just get funded super fast. Mark, why don't you go ahead and tell us a bit about yourself? I've noticed um, you've got a few uh, credits under your name. Even more, if I was trying to look you up earlier, and if if you are a neurosurgeon, you have even more credits than I think. But if you're not a neurosurgeon, because most of the books I could find were about that. Sadly, I am not a neurosurgeon, although I know a few but I am not a neurosurgeon. Now, um, so I, I'm one of the, the oddballs here who spent most of my life uh, playing the game, uh, DMing um, for a very long time. Um, I had a real-life job that I did for 26 years, and then I decided, you know, I've had enough. I don't need to do this anymore. Um, and I retired. And at that point... I'd known Bill Webb, who's the uh, the principal owner of Frog God and uh, Necromancer Games, for quite some time. And I remember when I posted on Facebook, and I said, yep, I finally pulled the trigger. I'm uh, retiring. He said, how'd you like to write for me? And at this point, I had no credits to nice. my name other than the wacky stuff that I'd done for my job. I was a lawyer, and so I'd yeah. been, been doing that. Um, and so... He offered me a chance, and, you know, I actually decided to jump at it. You know, I'd not been on the creative side professionally. You know, I, I, I was the DM like a lot of people for all the years. And I had, stuck with had, it, yeah. And I made multiple campaign worlds that I'd created. And uh, so Bill saddles me with the first project, uh, The World of the Lost Lands, which uh, I forget how many pages. It's a gargantuan thing that you can use to, you know, hold a, a door open, or I think it'll stop small caliber arms fire from from twenty yards. Um, if for some reason you were using it for that, um, but it basically put together all of the campaign uh, adventures that it had been published under both the Frog God and most of the the Necromancer um, label. And that was a nightmare, and it took me about two years. (laughs) I like to think that that, that, that it was one of those things. The reason Bill asked me was because he had asked everybody else he knew, and everybody turned him down. Um, But it was a blast, and I finally got to be professionally creative, and now I have a book with my name on it as an author, and it's... Uh, you know, I think it's a really good work, and there's large parts of it that I wrote on my own. I worked with six or seven authors. It was a huge project. Um, and so then, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think what to do next. And um, Bill actually gave me about three or four projects that I could look at. And uh, But the one he really wanted to do next was Necropolis. And so he sort of sold it to me maybe wrong. I don't know if Bill's going to listen to this or not. I can get myself in trouble. He sort of said, oh, yeah, the manuscript's really done. You know, it's just it's just a matter of light editing. No. Well, spoiler alert, that's not the case. <laughs> well, uh, so a little background. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, most of your listeners may not be familiar with Necropolis. Um, Necropolis is an adventure that uh, Gary Gygax wrote. And he wrote originally for his, I think it was the Dangerous Journeys game system, which um, didn't last real long, unfortunately. Um, back in, I think, 92, if I recall correctly. Yeah, that's one I, I know I've never heard of. Um, and uh, uh, Necromancer bought it. 
and republished it as a D20, you know, effectively a, a 3.0 adventure, uh, mm-hmm. D20, back in 2002. Okay. And that was what he wanted, you know, what Bill Webb wanted wanted um, to be redone, uh, but for 5D and Swords and Wizardry. That was my job. Uh, and so I started reading the manuscript, and I said, you know, there's more here that needs to be done than just, like, converting. And yeah. after talking to the guys, that really wasn't what I thought really they wanted. You know, it, you know um, if you look at the kind of stuff that, like, Watsi has done with, um, you know, um, what is it, Tales uh, from the Yawning Portal, which is which are basically 5D conversions of, of original AD&D stuff. Um, or the stuff that I think Goodman Games has done. Those really are, to some extent, just verbatim conversions. Just take the adventure, get rid of the old stats, and put in 5e stats and call it a day. Um, that's I mean, that's it's, definitely the easiest way to do it. But Oh, it's the easiest way to do it, and I could have done that, but that really wasn't what we wanted here. We really wanted this. It's interesting. You could think of this as two ways. You could either think of it as, hey, let's... Um, Let's use this as inspiration, right? And then create something fresh, brand new, completely different. Or you could do a straight conversion. I sort of did the middle ground. Um, you know, at any time somebody says, hey, here's a work by Gary Gygax, you know, rewrite it. There's a little bit of like a, you know, wow, really? Um, you know, you, you think I'm going to improve on this? But that's, you know, I guess, you know, uh, I, I decided not to be afraid of that and uh, and, and really did uh, take it very seriously as a task to, I don't want to say re-envision, but totally re- revise, update, make it work a lot more like modern adventures as, as, as to how people are writing adventures now, not how they were yeah. being written in 1992. Yeah. Uh, so it was an it was an interesting process, um, and it's taken again many many months. Um, I can't remember when I started, but it's probably it's probably been a good year actually that I've been working on it, yeah. all told. And it's I mean it's definitely a good idea. I know in the being in the hobby, some of the things I've read have talked about how pre-generated adventures are just a lot more popular now than they used to be when the hobby started because it's just a available b you know people are busy and don't have time to you know a lot of them don't have time to build this stuff up so like changing it around some getting it up to where people wanted it's you know if they if they don't like it all you know everybody knows you can always just change stuff that you don't like anyway so it's it seems like a cool day and it would it would be what's um daunting i think like to be given something written by you gary gygax and be like hey this is what you're rewriting and just be like i don't know that i have the chops to like if it was me personally i'd be like i don't i don't have the chops to to do this like i'm not gonna touch this well, you know, um, Gary. You know, I mean, look. You know, you know as they say, you, you know, we're, it's always dangerous to put your 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 you know your heroes on a pedestal. Um, you know, uh, Gary had. Um, you know, he is he is the co-creator of this game. Everything that that we all do in in many ways dates back to what he and Dave Arneson created. Um, but um, you know, things have changed. You know, the, 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 the world has changed. Um, yeah. And, you know, some of the ways that the game used to be played, that's just not how, you know, people want to play it. I do find it interesting. I mean, I, I actually, the irony is, 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 is you know, as a, you know, you know, younger DM, I almost never played, you know, existing modules, existing adventures. I created everything on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sort of what I, I did. The only time I would do... A published uh, adventure w- w- was really where uh, one of my friends wanted to, to do sort of a one-off. You know, somebody say, "Hey, you want to run me through, you know, 
this adventure. I, you know, I, I heard this is a lot of fun from somebody, and that I'd, you know, either I'd buy it or I'd get a copy, or somehow I'd finagle a copy, and I'd and I'd run it. But I never made it part of really my sort of general gaming experience. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, is is um, you know, uh, it, it's one thing when you're in high school or even in college to do that, but especially once you get 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 like a real job and get into the workforce the time to actually create your own campaign world and your own adventures becomes much more limited it just yeah. does and so having having good resources is valuable that being said you know you know, nobody i would hope would go out there and say hey i'm just gonna uh grab this published module you know read it once and then just play it exactly as written because uh -huh. you know, you got to tailor it for your players. Yeah. You got to change things you don't like, and that's sort of how I approached, you know, Gary's work in a sense. Was you know what do I not like? What doesn't work for me? Um, and there were aspects of it that that I really did feel like, um, you know, uh, it, 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 back in the day, you know, I think the DM was much more interventionist. There were almost it, it was almost a sense of the players against the GM, the DM, and I think Gary wrote to some extent that way. And anybody who's read Tomb of Horrors knows exactly what I mean. You know, th th that is an effort, you know, to see whether or not the DM can crush the life out of out of a bunch of uh, of players. Um, yeah, and I think Gary admitted that's why he wrote it. You know, he was trying he was trying trying to do that. Um, you know, th that's not my style. And I think that's not mostly the modern style. The modern style is the GM is, you know, a neutral arbitrator, um, you know, and simply is is making decisions as you go along, like like an umpire. That may not always be true, but at least that's the model, right? That's the yeah. ideal. And so I tried to look at it from that perspective, and instead of. You know, and if and if anybody has the original versions, you you can see this where Gary basically writes something like, you know, the party needs to do X next, and it is your job as the DM to make sure that the party does X next. And if they don't, you know, here are some tools you can use to force them. And that's that's not really a good solution in my in, in my view. And so instead, what I really did was. Um, Look at it as an opportunity to, to, to focus on the motivations. What are the characters' motivations? What are the players' motivations? Why are they playing this? You know, you know what's going on? And how can I create, instead of forcing the, the party's hand, how can I instead create a situation where they're likely to do the right thing because the hints are there, the facts are there, and a, a well-run party, players we're thinking we'll 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 find the right solution just like any good trick or trap or something on a more limited sense so I, I sort of looked at it as an overall sense like that that's a good way to approach it there's a lot of there's a lot of nuggets in there that you know that are very important like yeah um because when i started gaming it was i had a very similar experience i was uh early 20s when i started gming and I, I created my own homebrew world and was running all these just adventures. Uh, you know, I would like to say that I wrote them all ahead of time, but a lot of them were just like, oh, yeah, we're gaming today. Um, yeah, here we go. And then, you know, the past couple of years, yep. full-time job, two kids, the mm -hmm. podcast, like it's adventure paths and modules. Like it's just I don't have time to sit down and write out all this stuff. But you're also right. The stuff that I run it's a skeleton you right. know it's even the ones that are super well written where it's just like this is why they're here and this is what they're doing and it's like well no this is the event that i'm going to use and we're going to like they have a completely different reason to be here because that doesn't make you know just morphing it all yep and you're doing it like because if when it was originally written for a completely different system and yep. then you guys bought it and released it as a D20 system. But even then, now you're updating it into two different systems. Right. Things are going to have to change. Like, there's, that's, that's there's no exactly way that you right. can keep it all the yep. same, even if it's, you know, just some of the, the little things. Because I imagine there's some mechanics in there that you have to look at and be like, well, that just doesn't even exist anymore. 
Yep. No, that that's exactly right. There, there are certain ways that, you know, whether it was spells, whether it was, you know, how, how various aspects worked. You know, I, I remember there, there was one encounter where effectively, you know, the way it was written, the party was supposed to be forced by a monster encounter into a specific passage. And, and I realized that those, what he had written was not powerful enough to force the party to go anywhere. They would just go into combat and kill them. Yep. Um, so, so that wasn't going to work. So I had to find different motivations. Uh, that being said, there are areas that the players can skip right over and it's not going to be an issue. There's other areas they can skip right over and it's going to be a problem. And part of that was trying to find the motivations for the party. But I mean, there's a lot of nuggets in here. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, and I've, um, Gary clearly did a huge amount of research on Egyptian mythology. If it isn't clear, uh, Necropolis is, is, is an Egyptian-themed adventure. It was originally written for, um, I, I, forget, I, think the, I forget the name of the campaign world that Gary was creating at the time, but it was um, Egyptus, I think, so spelled A-E-G-Y. Um, uh, where it has been slotted into the, and, it, and this is now part of the Lost Lands, which is the, yeah. the world of, of Frogad and, and Necromancer. It's it's in the country of Kemet, the Triple Kingdom of Kemet, which is of course an ancient name for for Egypt that um, you know, was used. Um, and if you look at the map, and there will be a map, it looks a whole heck of a lot like ancient Egypt. But which was you know, and Gary did a huge amount of research. I tried to honor that and keep that. And there were still things I changed, which meant oh, me, I, had to, no. I had to pull out, you know, some Egyptian books that I had. I, had a, I discovered that a copy of the Book of the Dead that I was able to use um, and try to come up with some interesting alternatives to some of the stuff that, that, that he did. So I wanted to honor that part. But, but you're right. I mean, there were things that just had to change for no other reason than system. Uh, but there were other things that I just felt... Like I said, in addition to motivations, I mean, even even in, in some of the the, the the encounter locations, I kind of felt like some of the rooms just got short shrift. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, why is this here? And there'd be three rooms that were kind of similar and not very different. And you know, I, I, so I so I came up with something totally different to be in those rooms. Oh, that's um, good. You know, that I thought was interesting. So, like I said, this is this is. Um, People ask, you know, how how based is this on Gary's original works? And, and I guess there are some people who've read it and really love it, um, and that's great. Um, you know, and they're a little concerned that I've done some some major harm to it, uh, or that it's going to be something totally different. It's not in the sense that the plot is the same, most of the characters are the same, but how you get there, some of the motivations, what's really going on in the background, some of those things have changed because I felt that you could update those and make it a little more like how we currently play the game. That all being said, if you wanted to take uh, one of these encounter locations and drop it into a um, you know, your own campaign world, there's some there's a lot of cool stuff in here that could be used like that too, which is something that, again, most, most DMs you know will often do, right? You know, you sort of get... You know, uh, get to a point where, where where you don't know what to what what to to do for your next encounter, and you go and you steal something, or borrow something. Let me rephrase that. Uh, we we can say steal. That's fine. <laughs> that's that's totally legit. We any GM, uh, I, I've once heard it said, and I agree with it. The best GMs are the ones who steal the most, and the most creative GMs are the ones who steal from the most uh, obscure places. Yes. So um, that's exactly and, right. And I, I will say this, too, for those listeners, if you are one of those listeners who is concerned about the changes made, think about it like this. Think about it like if you go to see a play and then you go see the same the same play at a different place. I've seen Midsummer Night's Dream like four times and it has never been the same. Each one is just right. a, and it. Quite frankly, if they'd all been the same, holy crap, that would have been boring. But... This is a chance for you to relive a story that you loved and not know exactly what's going to happen. And really not know, because if you play some of the rooms the same way, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Surprise! Yeah. 
which was part of the point. Yeah. You know, you, you want to be surprised. But like I said, I also thought there were some things that could, we could do that would be that would be fun. There's a couple of there's a couple of, of of encounters that I'm really proud of. I think they're really fun and challenging, and potentially extraordinarily deadly. I mean, this was this was supposed to be a challenging adventure, and I would say I've I've, I've play tested it quite a bit at this point, and I used my home group, um, which is a, they're pretty good, um, and they blew through certain parts um, easily. But you know where we left it off. We never actually did finish because this is this is huge. I mean, you know, we didn't have enough time even as a as a game group while I was writing it to you know, regularly gaming group to to play test the whole thing. But um, I, I'm pretty sure the last encounter was a TPK. Um, you know, it's and, and people say, oh, it's five E. You can't kill a party. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can ki- yeah. you can kill a party of five E characters in in Necropolis if if they are not playing carefully if they're not being thoughtful and even if they are you still may kill them off. Yeah, you know I've heard the same thing heard about uh, the Starfinder system where it's like oh it's Starfinder you can't kill characters in Starfinder and I've listened to enough podcasts where people have died that I know that yet yeah I've seen it happen. Yep. And that's not to suggest that that's a good thing or that the DM should be trying to do that. It's simply it's simply a statement that if, if there really is no peril of failure, there's of no fun in the game. And yeah. part of, part of that is having 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 the peril, but but it's also having realistic chances to figure out what the right answer is. And anybody who's read some of Gary's earlier stuff, like Tomb of Horrors, knows that. You know, one of the things he was fond of was, you know, uh, you know, to, to use a simple example, there's a lever in a room, and if you push it in one direction, treasure comes pouring out of the ceiling, and if you push it in the other direction, everybody is hit by a disintegration, and there's no way to figure out which is which. I hate that, those. Yeah. And while I that may be those. realistic from like an esoteric view, where if you're actually, you know, designing a dungeon to kill people, but it's it's not a fun game, right? Exactly. You know? So like, there were, th- there I, were th- I hate enchantment spells. Like I hate losing control of my character. They're all over the rule books. Every system has them, but I don't use them because I hate it when they're used on me. So it's just like, yeah. Is it realistic? Yes. Mind control is a big thing of magic, but it's not fun. Yep. No, I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. Um, I will not comment on whether that's applicable or not in Necropolis. Um, so maybe you wouldn't find it fun. Maybe you would. Um, I would yep. note that as a general matter, like in those places where Gary wrote the, you know, do one thing, you success, do another thing, failure. I always tried to build in something that the that if if you're if you're observant, if you're cautious, you should be able to figure out which the right answer is. Yeah. I think I think I did leave one. Because I didn't think it was a killer, but it was certainly painful. Right? I did leave it. You know what? You know, in in homage to the the original writer, I will leave this in here. Uh, but as a general matter, you should be able to figure it out if you're thoughtful. Now, if you just bumble along and you say, "Okay, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the door and I'm not gonna, you know, you know, listen at it or check for traps." Hey, that's your right. You can yeah. do that, but you know. Yeah, let I the can't. players feel clever. <laughs> well, and, and then they should be, right? You know, I mean, that, that that's that's part of why you you play the game, right? Part of it yeah. is, you know, it isn't just to see who can who can roll the most, you know, high numbers on a on a you know twenty sided die. It's it's, you know, can you outthink the opposition? Can you? And there's a lot. The other thing I should mention is there's a lot of opportunities in the I'd say the first two thirds of this book for real role playing. Oh, that's good. Not this is not just a you know, let's, you know, you know, you know, find somebody and either kill them or befriend them um and or, you know, bash through doors. There are a lot there's a lot of opportunities for role playing and I think that's something that again um and that was that was partially in the original, but I tried to enhance it because that's that's also part of it, right? It's 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 getting the chance to experience, you know, um, the culture, the environment, 
meet people, learn yeah. more about it. Um, and there's a lot of background that I've tried to build into the book that um, even somebody who doesn't know much about Egyptian mythology should be able to run the adventure and, you know, make it a, a really interesting locale. And, it, and that, that's that's also part of it, right? I mean, you know, you know, how many of the games do we play are effectively in some version of, uh, you know, uh, Middle Ages Europe, you know, or some some high fantasy version of that. And yeah. this is a chance to play in a different environment that's familiar enough, though, that most people know who, you know, Ra and Horus and Osiris and Set are. So you're not completely at sea. Does it use the actual, like, Egyptian pantheon and culture and everything? Or is it like, okay, we, um, uh, uh, what's the example? Okay, so Magic the Gathering had one of their magic sets that was all Vikings. Right. And it's like, okay, this is obviously Loki, but it's, you know, it's a different name. Like, this is obviously Odin, but it's a different name. Or, like, which which have you got here? Yeah, so in, 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 this, in this case, as a general matter, it uses the same names. So, you know... Uh, the uh, there is a locate, and this is not a spoiler because if you read the Kickstarter page, there is something called uh, the Temple of Osiris. There you now, go. Now, there are details built in that relate specifically specifically to Osiris that your casual, you know, if, if you've seen the Ten Commandments, for example, you know, you're not going to know. Yeah. Um, now, you know, you might know it. But and if you don't, you know, you can always ask a question of, of 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 the DM and make a religion check, right? You know, if you want to know something about, you know, what are the aspects of Osiris that I should know that my character might know. And depending upon who you are, you know, you know, you know, they'll pick the appropriate DC. A lot of that's some of that's built in where it's designed, but some of it is where the the DM will just have to show some flexibility. So so in that regard, it should be relatively easy for somebody to feel like they're they're fitting in. But it also will feel very different than, you know, your standard, you know, as I said, sort of medieval European adventure or high fantasy type adventure. So I know... In because I play Pathfinder, right? And I know in the Pathfinder setting they have Osirian, which is like Egypt. You know, it, they don't even make a secret of it. They also use the ancient pantheon of of Egypt. Yep. But let's say I'm, let's say I am running the the high fantasy Europe or some sort of gothic horror story or something in between. How easy would it be for somebody who got in a crap because they're like, I really want to do this, but yep. my party is in, you know, a uh, steampunk Western. Yep. How easy is it for them to take this and plop it down into a different setting and like be able to change it? Like, okay, right. it's not the temple of Osiris. It's the temple of uh, Jeff, the cannon man, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's a couple things. Things that obviously, you know, one can do depending upon how much work the DM wants to do, right? Um, the World of the Lost Lands, for example, is is you know has two continents. Akados is basically your, you know, with some exceptions, is basically your your Western European medieval high fantasy continent, and then you've got the continent of Libanos. Uh, which you can already see the the derivation from because that that comes from 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 Libya, which was originally part of the 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 um, the name for I think I think all of Africa originally, um, and you know that's got the you know the 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 triple kingdom of Kemet, so the Egyptian culture. So one option is to simply decide you're going to build this culture in it. And there's a map and there's enough information that if you literally wanted to put this somewhere in your campaign world and it fit, you could. Um, And, you know, I mean, obviously there are some different levels of technology. Like if you're playing steampunk, you might have, you know, some sort of, of revolvers or electricity guns or something that, you know, wouldn't necessarily easily fit within... Um, sort of your standard um, 5e, but you could find a way to make that work. You know, yeah. that wouldn't be that hard. You know, could you take this whole thing and drop it in and, and effectively strip out the, the the Egyptian aspects? I think you could, I mean, to be honest. I mean, I mean, a tomb is a tomb is a tomb, right? 
Um, you know, um, there are some aspects you'd have to think carefully about uh, because, as I said, Gary did a lot of research and I did a lot of research trying to be um, consistent. And so, for example, there are aspects about which direction tombs face that was very specific to Egyptian uh, tradition and, 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 and we retained that for this adventure. Yeah, big deal, you know, you, you, want, yeah. you want to get rid of it? change the, the cardinal direction or just that just happens to be the way it was oriented and who cares right um you know uh, like do you have like are any of the puzzles or solutions tied into the to the mythos or is it just is it like super strong flavor it's very very strong flavor there are a couple places i can think of where you where you might have to reskin it a bit um there, there are some aspects that are also quite unique to um, uh, Egyptian mythology and Egyptian uh, the, the Egyptian view of, of the underworld or the duat um, but you could easily say well this is also true of the underworld or or, or, or um, death in in my world or in this particular culture um, in a way that that it frankly you know you could and again some of this is so obscure that your average person may not even realize that this is Egyptian. Gotcha. Um, and so, if you just carry it over into your own campaign world, it may, you know, and you just rename some things, you know, instead of Set, you know, you got a different god of god of evil, right? You know, yep. instead of Osiris or, or instead of Ra, you've got a different god of the sun. Uh, I mean, look. I'm not going to suggest that that, that 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 it won't take work, but um, most of what's in there does not necessarily require um, uh, somebody to say, "Well, this has to be Egyptian." And in okay. many ways, because the research is so deep, that most people will not go, "Oh, wait a minute, that's an Egyptian concept. How did that get here?" Um, so, so, so you could do it. Uh, I happen to think it's a lot of fun using it as it is just because to be honest i learned quite a bit both through through the research you know that was in the original version and the additional work i had to do that i had no idea about and i would tell that what that is but that would be a spoiler and i don't no. want to i don't want to give away spoilers here in case somebody wants to play this game without knowing really anything uh, oh, yeah. but you know that's what i'd say about that yeah. so, i'm just trying to look up reason like trying to get rid of excuses why people shouldn't get it yeah. you know i don't want somebody sitting here being like well you know i don't think i'd be too interested in you no yeah you can use this necropolis anywhere you want yeah and and, and it's and it's a necropolis right and, you know people people of all sorts of cultures bury their dead in tombs Yep. it's not that unusual i think the other thing i guess i i, I, um, I would also say is, is what also makes this unusual is there aren't a lot of stuff out there for higher level characters oh. and, and and we pitch this you know, uh, uh, what we describe this is is you know, the party should really start i would say somewhere between seventh and ninth level you know from a 5e perspective um it depends upon how many players you have uh I ran it with, um, I can't remember if it was six or eight. I think I think a couple of the playtests were actually with eight. A couple, a couple more with six. And I started at seventh, eighth level. Um, by the time they get into the sort of the last area, I recommend that they all be tenth. And you could, and, and you know, eleventh would not be out of the question. And you could finish this adventure if you survive. 12th, 13th, maybe even 14th level, um, and still have a real challenge at the very end. Um, so, you know, uh, the original adventure uh, in D20, I think, was something like it was like for four to eight characters of 10th to 18th level, and I thought that was a little on the... First of all, that, that's a ridiculous range of 10th to 18th. Um, yeah. And... You know, once you get to 18th level in 5e, you're casting awfully powerful spells. And I'm, you know, I'm frankly, you know, uh, there's a sweet spot to the to, to 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 the system. I happen to think it's right around 10th level. That's the level I've enjoyed both playing and and, and DMing at. 
and I think that's a good level for this. So it gives you a chance to do something that, that's more challenging, but again, it's not just the characters, it's the players. You got to be thoughtful. You know, characters will die if they just start bumbling around. I don't care what level you are. Um, so. And I noticed in your guys' Kickstarter, you're also giving out, um, well, not giving out, but you can also get the, um, the, but the files, I guess, to like put this into virtual tabletops and everything like yep. that. So yep. it's like you want to. You mentioned earlier about like the work putting into like potentially revamp it for other things. That's a huge work saver. Like just being able yes. to load up. Like oh, we're playing virtually, and you know, especially like is it big maps? Like are the encounter areas big? Well, um, it, it 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 well it it all depends. Um, so. The um, and I should note, you know, we really put a lot of thought into what would be the stretch goals, what would be, you know, in each of the different categories, because we've all seen too many Kickstarters that go sideways, right? You know, we did not want stretch goals or 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 you know bells and whistles that were going to keep us from performing this thing. You know, yeah. you, 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 we want, you know, um, Frog God is committed to get this stuff and get it out. And in, in high quality. I mean, if anybody owns any of their books, they're solid, library-bound, um, well-packaged. If your book shows up and it's been run over by, you know, the UPS, um, they will, they will, um, they'll make it good. You know, they'll, they'll send you a replacement. Uh, but we want to make sure we can perform. But we also want to add things that have real value. And obviously, you know, especially um, you know, after the pan or during the pandemic, you know, I, I, like a lot of people, I went to all virtual gaming. You know, we couldn't get together, and in some ways, it was actually more convenient because we didn't have to drive to anybody's house. You know, you know, anytime you know, you know, the people that I play with, some of us live fairly distant you know 40 minute half an hour drive depending upon you know traffic and you. you know all of a sudden it's like no we, we can all hop on you know you know a zoom and, and and hop off and it was great so i think obviously you know and other other advantages we had we could have people playing from all around the country in theory of the world right yeah uh, other than time difference so 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 that seems to be important and so there's there, there there's there's um uh what is it? We've, we've got two uh, VTT virtual tabletop platforms that we are supporting. Um, one is generic, and I'm going to draw a blank on the other one. You can probably pull it up for me and tell me. Um, I think it was <laughs> was it Fantasy Grounds. Uh, that sounds right. Um, gonna... Fantasy Grounds, Unity, Five E, and the VTT yep. asset pack. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So 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 we are we've engaged you know the real guys to put this together. And so you're going to have all the maps, um, you know, for Fantasy Grounds, for 5e, it's going to be really, really powerful. Um, you know, the, uh, uh, the asset pack is platform independent, so it won't be quite as powerful. So if you're, if you're not running 5e, uh, if you're running Swords and Wizardry, for example, you try to do, you know, your own conversion to Pathfinder or something, then it won't be quite as, as, as effective. But for 5e, it's going to have all the bells and whistles. And um, there's already a bunch of maps. I can, you know, I don't think it's probably a big surprise, but there's, um, you know, uh, there's a village that you start in. So there's going to be a village map. Uh, there are, um, um, there, there is, as I said, a temple of Osiris. There are lots of tombs. Uh, there is potentially a final tomb. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say potentially. Anybody, dun, dun, dun. anybody who is who knows Alyssa Fade. Um, who is one of the outstanding cartographers, has done the tomb of Rahotep. Um, she has been streaming it live on her... Uh, on her um, originally it was on Twitch, and I think recently she's, she, she's gone over to, to, to streaming on YouTube, and she, did, and she streamed the mapping of it. And I think you can get it all recorded versions. It's just cool. insanely amazing. And I forget what the actual size is. It is... It is gargantuan, um, and the details, and she's hidden Easter eggs in it. It's just insane, and so all that's going to be 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 available, 
And, and and obviously, if, if you're using fantasy grounds, you know you've got got, got the the direct line of sight lighting and all that kind of stuff that, that built into it that just makes it incredibly powerful. So I think that's um, you know I have to admit I'm not a fantasy grounds. You know I, I you know um, you know when I was doing it remote I, I'd use the uh, use the whiteboard yeah. <laughs> on Zoom and that was good enough for me. <laughs> But uh, but but for people who use Fantasy Grounds or any virtual tabletop, this is going to be a huge benefit, and that's and that's one of the reasons why 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 you know we thought we needed to add this because you know even though you know knock on wood we're we're going to get close to the end of this thing, um, if not if not there for for many folks, um, I think remote gaming is going to keep keep going. It's it's going to you, know, you know there's a lot of reasons to keep doing it. Um, even if some people are in the same room, you might want to, you know, do it where where where, where somebody from out of town can still participate. So yeah. uh, we thought that was that was that was going to be be a really good option. And all the other stretch goals that we've built in really were designed to try to enhance that. And so you know, I think we've already hit a whole bunch of them. But, we're, but oh, we're, you have. Yeah. But we're creating some um, sample encounter areas, right? So for example, you know, you're at some some random location in the desert. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, you roll and there's a, um, random encounter, you've got a bonus map now that you can use that you'll be able to, to run the encounter on. Um, yeah, I'm looking at a lot of these, you've got three different maps, the desert encounter, uh, desert campsite, and, um, uh, the, the gorge, gorge of, of Osiris. Osiris. Yeah, which exactly. just sounds cool. And, you know, and there's just... All sorts of other stretch goals set up for other points, like. But you guys have hit so many because you funded so much. <laughs> yeah, we all, well, you know, uh, there's a lot of great fans, you know, and I appreciate that. I think you know, um, fans of the original adventure and, and, and folks who 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 are who are just big fans of Frog God and uh, uh, Necromancer because they know the quality of the stuff, they know the quality of the books, they know the quality of the writing. Um, and, and that's huge. And so, so I, I'm thrilled. You know, I would love to see this go sky high, though, because you know there's still some ideas I have for stretch goals that you know I've already been told, yeah, unless we get to unless we get to to a, a really high number, it just doesn't make economic sense. And look, I'm 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 the creative guy here. You know, I'm not the um, the uh, the um, I, I, I'm not the business guy, you know. Uh, I did that for my career. So, you know, what uh, what makes sense economically? Fundamentally, look, these game companies still have to make money, right? You know, it's it's still got to make sense. But if you get to a certain point, you can do some really creative, interesting things. So, so I'm really hoping we we get to, a, you know, to an insanely high level. But if not, I think this is still going to be a phenomenal product and there's a lot of value. And my guess is we'll hit probably all the stretch goals we currently have listed. Uh, that would, that I, I would absolutely expect that to be the case. Oh um, yeah. So, uh, I will tell you, you know, um, <laughs> uh, when, 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 um, so my first, uh, my first Kickstarter for Frog God was the world of the lost lands. And I got to tell you something. I was petrified when the thing went live, and I don't know that that you know from the outside. You know, I, I backed a lot of Kickstarters. I've been a consumer of this stuff for for a long time, and you know, somebody's Kickstarter would go live. I'd look at it. It was, it was somebody I knew or somebody I really liked. I might immediately back it. Otherwise, I you know I'd pay attention to it, and then you know when I got one of the final notices, maybe I'd think I think about backing it or something. But it was sort of no big deal. First time when I was involved in a Kickstarter and went live, I was I'll be honest, I was scared shitless. It's like all of a sudden, this is real, yeah. and all these backers expect that this product is going to be delivered on time in good quality and they're going to like it and it's one thing when you're sitting around the table with your five or six friends and you're the the dm and you've created an encounter and somebody later says yeah that you know that that didn't go quite as well as it could have um it's a different thing if you know hundreds and hundreds of strangers or thousands of strangers say wow that really sucked um 
<laughs> you don't really, you don't want that to happen. No, you really don't. So, so, but I, I, I'll be honest. With you, I mean, this time, you know, ultimately, World of the Lost Lands worked out great. I'm incredibly proud of it, and I'm really proud of this one too. I, th- I think, I think anybody who buys it is gonna is going to enjoy it if you run it i think it's going to be a blast and if you and if you just want to use it to steal some ideas to throw whether it's a trap or an encounter or i mean there's like 50 something or, or there's like around 50 new monsters in this now now most of them were in the uh, in the original not all of them most of them were, were, were in the original d20 uh but they were never otherwise published anywhere else and we've updated them all for 5e Very so cool. So they could be used for any number of things. There's, I don't even know how many total NPCs there are um, with character descriptions. I mean, it really is. It's, it's, uh, it's a huge product. I think, I think we're around um, 160,000 words, somewhere in that range, which I, for those who know, that, 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 that's a big volume. And, you yeah. get, and of course, we got all the new artwork we've commissioned. Um, maps. Look at look at the Kickstarter, all the all new maps. Um, we've got a. Um, uh, uh, we've already gotten beyond the early backer, unfortunately, but 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 you'll still get a um, uh, a PDF of it. We've we've commissioned uh, Cave Cave Geek to do the uh, a player's map that you can get. And cool. I, 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 that I, 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 is a great idea. I've been looking at the work that uh, Kafir uh, Mendel has done, and it is just—I mean, you know—I look at these things, and you know, I, I'm pretty good with the written word. I suck at art. You know, I'm the guy who draws the stick figures, and I am just floored at the talent uh, that these artists bring to envisioning something. You know, um, one of the real pleasures of creating is is having this idea in your head, writing it down. And then having somebody go, you mean like this? It's like, yes, that's exactly what I meant. That's exactly what I meant. Or sometimes it's, that's not what I meant. That's cooler than what I meant. <laughs> and, and I'm going to change. Uh, there's actually, um, uh, talking earlier about Alyssa Fade, and she, she hides Easter eggs in her maps. And most of them I just let go. But there was one area where, where she filled in some areas and put some stuff in, and it wasn't in my text. And I'm like, what did, what did you do? <laughs> She's like, I thought it was boring, so I added this. It's like, <laughs> it's like, she said, look, don't worry about it. You don't have to do anything about it. It's just there. You know, it's sort of an Easter egg. I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I think that's really cool, and I'm going to now explain what that means. And so it was like... Yeah, I got to collaborate effectively, and she put something in her map that I was then able to add to the text that isn't in the original and was kind of kind of wacky and fun. That's so, uh, but yeah, I, I, it is it, this stuff is amazing. It really is, and so I think anybody who gets this, you know, the art is is going to be incredible in the book. Um, you know, we, we're, we're going to be giving these customer appreciation cards out that will have bits of the art on it um god willing we'll, we'll we'll get a whole bunch of those in stretch goals and somebody will get a nice stack of of, of cards with just really awesome art yeah. that's my hope anyway and listeners we just want to be clear on one thing if you do have a problem with the kickstarter and then and by that i mean like it doesn't ship on time it you know it gets lost in the mail um your book arrives damaged it is not on Mark. No. <laughs> like, yeah. Mark wrote it. He designed it. He's not handling fulfillment. So, if something goes wrong, do not try to be tweeting at Mark Greenberg, like, hey, my book's all jacked up, and it, blah, 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 blah. he's not going to be able to do much besides to point you towards somebody else entirely. That's so. exactly right. However, I would note that the frogs are really good about that. Um, I know one guy in Canada who kept getting shipped um, his book. This is one of the reasons why, unfortunately, international fulfillment is different now. Um, And this is one of the reasons. I think they ended up shipping the same book to him four times before it finally arrived undamaged. Uh, Something just kept happening between the U.S. and Canada. And so one one of the unfortunate parts, and and I'm hoping that someday this will, will be solved, and I think all Kickstarters, you know, anybody who backs a Kickstarter knows this, Delivery, international delivery, is is an issue for American 
publishers. It's a huge problem. And so that's one of the reasons why for international backers, it's going to be um, locally printed, printed, print on demand. And a lot of the physical options are not available because we just can't, um, we can't rely on international shipping for this kind of stuff, unfortunately. And, and as, as many people also know, it's so outrageously expensive that, it just it almost makes it uneconomic for a buyer. Um, now, if you're international and you really want something and you want it physical, um, you know maybe maybe you have a friend in the U.S. who can back for you and you know um, ship it up we'll, to we'll, themselves. We'll, we'll either ship it to you or maybe maybe if, you know if you come for a convention or something into the U.S. you can pick it up then or something. Um, yeah. So I will they're, say they're, most of the kickstarters I've seen who are publishing books they don't even offer international stuff it's like you're just going to get the pdf that's it it's the only option you have so yeah it's cool that you even have the print on demand options yeah i mean it's it's a shame because you know but but it is it is what it is unfortunately right now and um you know we keep hoping that it will change but um it's the best we can do and we really want to make sure we're delivering a really top quality product i mean you know these hardback books, you know, available in the U.S., they're not going anywhere. They're not, you know, pages are not going to fall out of these things. Yeah. Um, you know, they are really, they, they, they're built to last a generation. So, you know, if you're worried about that, you're getting a good quality book. And, um, you know, and, and, and that's what I want, right? You know, I don't want the stuff that I spent all this time creating you know, to, 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 to fall apart on people. Oh, so, yeah. Especially but, since, yeah. I mean, if you're getting this book, it's something you're going to use, you know. You're going to be in I and out so. of it a whole lot just to to run it. Especially, you know, as big as it is, you know, 50 unreleased monsters. You know, it's not like you can yep. be like, oh, yeah, no, I know what this does, so I don't need to really look. No, you're going to have that book open. You're going to be yep. in it. I yep. notice you guys even offer some leather-bound ones, which are going to be even nicer oh yeah i've i've and i've i've, I've got some of those uh, uh, as well so if it if, look you know, if, if you want to back at, at the highest levels you got you, you got a leather bound book which is a nice i mean it's 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 pretty um you know uh it obviously won't have the 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 color cover uh which by the way is an awesome but but you know you know it, it's still nice to have the leather bound and at, i think at the top three levels you can get a gm screen um, cool. which is not necessary to play, but what it does is it brings together a lot of the things that if you're, if, if you're running the adventure, it would be really convenient to have right in front of you. So, you know, it's going to have like the, the wilderness outdoor encounter tables. Um, it, it's, it, it's going to have weather tables. It's going to have, um, uh, there, there's some, there's some aspects of uh, in the adventure. I, I want to be careful here that the that the DM really needs to keep very close track of as time goes on, and it's helpful to have that information right in front. That's and so, nice. And so that's also going to be on there. And and I think I think we're probably going to add. Um, I may add some things like, like like a handy list of of, of the major deities. So if you have to pop. You know, Think of a think of a god off the top of your head, or you're not sure which one is the god of whatever. Because let's be honest, some of these are, you know, we all know Ra and Osiris and Horus and Set. You know, there's a lot of other ones that are relevant actually here that you know if you don't know. So, but you know, for various reasons, the the, the GM screen is only it, it's not available as an add-on, so you can't buy it later. Um, not available as a stretch goal. Um, it's only available to the highest backers, so it's 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 one of the things that if you really, <laughs> if you can afford to back at that level, it will be really cool. But I will say that that if you can't, it's not like it makes the game unplayable or anything. Uh, yeah. you, you know, you may just need to photocopy some pages, which again, because of the way these books are built, you can't photocopy pages and not have the thing fall apart at the binding. That's uh, nice. So you could do this cool thing on there, like you could dedicate one of the panels to have like the gods and like how they're connected to each other and too. So then, because I'm sure that wouldn't be confusing with the Egyptian pantheon and all the you know. Oh yeah, yeah. All we could we could have one of those. We could do a Venn diagram of Egyptian gods or something. Yeah. That would be fun. That would yeah. be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, 
It just, <laughs> you just would have to color code it so as it'd be moderately less confusing. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, adding their relationships is probably uh, just going to be more confusing than anything else. But I did actually notice, like, right on the top of your, your Kickstarter is the, a quote. Uh, so says the priests of Toth. So that uh, yep. God of Knowledge is at least mixed into things. Oh, no, there's there's some interesting aspects of history, which are, you know, again, Lost Land specific, but, you know, you can play around with that to your heart's content. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's like I said, it was a lot of fun building this um, and taking what, what, what originally had been done, expanding it, and, and building in my own ideas. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It sounds like it, and it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to play. Um, I, I, I I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, as I said, I've run it a number of times so far. Everybody who, who played, maybe they were being they were maybe they were being kind to me, but uh, but they all said they enjoyed it. I think most of the ones that I know of, uh, who've who've uh, uh, who I know well enough uh, uh, to know by, by by name, because I I did, I did some some play testing. For, uh, Frog God had like a Frog God game day uh, a while ago, and so I, I tended to know people by screen name. We did that over um, Discord, and um, those guys, um, those guys had a good time. But but the ones who I know, I think everybody's backed it, which I think is 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 a really good sign, frankly. Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, look, I, I view it as an honor. I view it as an honor to have the opportunity to to, to do this. And to bring something out there to people that will hopefully, you know, bring people many hours of fun. That's I, that's what I hope anyway. God, that, yeah. that, 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 that sounded like way too serious. I'm sorry. Wow. No, no. I mean, it, it's important. I, that's the whole point of this whole thing. Like, I, DMing is a lot of work. And yep. creating all of the stuff when you're DMing. Even, like I mentioned, I run a lot of pre-generated stuff. But I still have to, like read it to know what's going on and then i have to figure out like okay you know back to that why like why is why do the character why are the characters here and stuff why do the i have to put in why do the characters care like i you know i have to adjust things like this npc it was just generic dude and like okay how do i make the characters care about him and you know all that work that you do it be it's important to you because like you you put a lot of effort into it yeah and it i mean if you put that much effort if you took something that was so important to so many people and from somebody who a lot of people really respect and you yourself put but you said like a year of work into it and now like i mean it's got to be gratifying to see that you funded so quickly yeah you know because that's not just frog god games like i know their stuff funds fast but you know we, i remember we did uh an interview for and i'm struggling to remember the name but it was the basically the um mesoamerican uh ex, um, um setting uh a uh, 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 twaddle twaddle yeah that one i, I knew, remember it started with a t but it was it was also a mm-hmm. that one funded but it didn't quite it didn't fund like this it wasn't 500 yeah. percent in three days you know so like that means that people are looking at this and, the, and their people are excited about it. Yeah. You know. So it's I feel like you should be proud. You should be excited well, and I it should be that. serious yeah. because you put a lot you put a year of your life into this and obviously people are responding to it. So congratulations, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, and, and I, I I I hope that's right. And and and, and you, you know, look, I I I view it as as a um is a responsibility, right? I, I always want to make sure that when people get this thing, they're going to be really happy with it, and they'll be, and they'll play it. You know, um, one of the saddest things for me, and I and look, I'm, I'm a bit of a old game collector, and yes, I have some things in shrink wrap uh, that I will probably never open. But in some respects, that's just sad, right? You know, these yeah. are games; they're meant to be played, and I want to I want to have people come up to me at one of these cons and say, hey, I, I, I pulled out, you know, um, Necropolis and I ran this, you know, for, for my friends and they had a really good time. Yeah. Uh, that's that. And you know what? That's that. That's that's what this is all about. I mean, I mean as you probably know, nobody gets rich uh, with the possible exception of, of, of wizards in the, of the coast, uh, you know, publishing 
you know, role-playing games. Yeah. You know, well, um, Wizards they, is rich because of magic at this point. That's right. <laughs> although, 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 although D and D is apparently a money maker for them, which, and I think that's, to my mind, that's phenomenal because it supports the rest of the industry. Yeah. Um, but you know, most of the other companies, you know, are, are trying to be profitable, trying to make some money for, for 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 the people who who own it. But nobody's nobody's getting rich. Everybody that I know in this business pretty much without exception well there's a couple of exceptions but almost all of them have other jobs they made their money somewhere else and they happen to also own a game company yeah. which is certainly the case with 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 frog god um you know, so the, ultimately the goal here is to create something that that people are, people have fun with and, yeah. and enjoy playing and that's and, the, and and i think people do and i think hopefully people will with this and i i, I don't mean to sound so so i don't know saccharine about it but you know, uh, I want people to play this thing, and I want people to have fun with it. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So, well, I'm excited for it, and I'm excited, um, you know, for you and for the whole product. You know, you definitely sounds like the sort of thing that, uh, you know, maybe you set up a, a week weekend long table at a GaryCon or something to have people come and, and sit down and try to try to get through it before the convention's over. Well, you know. there is there is no way. Um, I, I, I ran my home group through this, and I did it episodically because there are certain areas I really wanted to play test. I don't think we played five or six sessions. I can't remember. And even episodically, we, we didn't get anywhere near finishing all the material. Uh. I mean, I mean, I think. I mean, you could take Necropolis, and this is where I think you, know, you could either you could excerpt like you know one of the tombs or a temple or something or a little bit of an area and add it to your home campaign and play it and then move on if you want to play this whole thing out you've got the material for you know i would say you know unless you guys are playing like every every other day this is 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 months of gaming material potentially uh i i sounds like a selling point to me yeah i mean there's a lot of value in this if you want to run a long campaign you know i don't think there's any way for somebody to just jam through it there really isn't because if you try you will fail and, and you'll probably get get your party killed because you're not being thoughtful enough you're not being careful you're not you're not inter- interacting with, the, with with enough npcs you know you're not doing what you what, what you should be doing you know um and again it's all built into the motivation so i, I there's a lot of material here and i think i think anybody who buys it is going to get way more than their money is worth i really do feel like we've covered most of uh, the topics is there any closing statement or anything any final thoughts that you want to get out wow. there just to say like okay you know this is the, the like deep inside in my heart and soul this is what i feel about this this is the the five words or less or you know 500 words of <laughs> like of necropolis <laughs> 500 yeah yeah five words or less there's no way i can't do anything in five words or less uh you know i i, I we, we really covered covered a lot of it i mean you know um like i said I, I i was a i was a consumer for a very long time i bought other people's stuff i read other people's stuff um and i used it as as a dm and that's sort of the model I came at this from. You know, if I were sitting at the other end of this book, trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do with this thing? How am I going to play it? Um, what do I need to know? What would I have fun doing? That's sort of how I approached it. And you know, when when I changed things, it was all to, to in response to that mentality. I wish everybody, frankly, out there who's who has any you know, creative impulses would have a chance because, you know, you know, I think, I think every, every DM out there is sort of a frustrated author, um, you know, or, 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 you know, game designer. We just don't have the time and I have the time yeah. while I was working. So I consider myself blessed to have had the opportunity to do it. And I think, I think I've, I've been able to, to, to put something together here that, that I really hope, you know, if I bought it, on the other end, I would have said, yeah, this is a cool product. You know, I'm going to use this. You know, maybe I'll run the whole thing. Maybe I'll steal a couple of ideas. Maybe I'll steal this, you know, whatever, and, and, and drop it into my campaign world. Um, you know, I, I think that's, um, 
that's that's the way I, I approached it, and I really hope that uh, for those people who buy it, they they see that. Well, uh, I know after releasing this, hopefully we get you you get a few more from us, and I know there's a couple of the guys in my group. One guy in particular, every time he goes to GaryCon, he plays at Bill Webb's table as much as he can. So I imagine <laughs> he will be excited for this specifically. Listeners, thank you very much for sitting down with us uh, and listening, or you know whether you're sitting down or not. Thank you for listening regardless. Uh, check it out. For, uh, it's under Necromancer Games. It's, uh, let's, see, let's get the exact title. It's on Kickstarter as Necropolis, an epic adventure in the desert sands. Or, so if you just search Necromancer Games or ne- Necropolis, an epic adventure in the desert sands, you will find it. And as long as you get there before august 21st it is is good to go you're well outside the time for the early starters at this point obviously uh, but there looks like almost all the reward tiers still have uh plenty left on them including um you know the nice leather bounds digital assets and they're only unlocking more and more stretch goals so the more of your friends you get in the more cool stuff you get too and quite frankly, one of the things that I really like is you know you, the fact that you guys made custom GM screens for this adventure. Like that is a really cool concept of yeah. like okay, you know having a lot of those little mechanics so it's easier on the GM. Absolutely. But, uh, thank you for listening and thank you for joining us. Everybody thank have you. a good day. Shield Bash is made in association with Knights of the Octagon and Farmageddon Gaming Convention. Find us online at shieldbash.net, on Facebook at Shieldbash, on Twitter at Bash Shield, and on YouTube at Shieldbash. Music by Lee Rosevere. Serpent Skull and Pathfinder are the property of Paizo Publishing Incorporated. Leave a comment on iTunes for a chance to hear us read it out on the podcast. Questions and comments can be sent to shieldbashpodcast at gmail.com.